Welcome to the Oakcrest podcast channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. On today's podcast, Head of School Dr. Mary T. Ortiz shares the Oakcrest recipe, what makes an Oakcrest student and forms the Oakcrest community. She digs into the mission of Oakcrest and illustrates how it all comes together to serve young women well. I love to think about and to share with you about the years that the girls are here. Now, I know some of you are, you know, your daughter's in the camps, and maybe you aren't going to be here, or maybe you are, or whatever, but just to kind of think about um, <coughs> what, what is so important, which is the education of young women, which is about. Um, so, Ocrest is designed, we, we educate the girls in grades 6 to 12. Um, when the school first started, it was 7 to 12. And my mom here, you passed, I think, was it said, was a 7 to 12-er. Um, but I think the idea was that, oh, at some point that we would, we would encompass those years. There's nothing magic about that. Um, but really the point was to take the girls from, um, through those years, right, which you could say like 10, 11 to like 17, 16, 17, 18 which are the years of, they're amazing years, right? Um, the, the formation, really, of, of a person, of like a free, responsible person. You could, you know, I like to say we take the girls, they come in when they're girls, um, even like young girls, little girls, like however you want to see it. Um, and we take, them, we take them through the adolescent years um, of that, like that burgeoning um, everything personality, a formation of really deep ideals. I mean, all of these seeds are planted, we all know, from the very first moment, what you can say, you know, in utero. You just keep thinking about when you want to, you know, do. But really, when you, it's developmentally correct, and it's, um, it's just the human experience, starting with those very, very, like those, you know, girl, girlhood, um, and going through those years of, of the formation, I like to say, the, I like to say, formation of the moral personality, because many, many people have said that the biggest decisions that we make in life, very often we can trace them. The formation, like where did we come up with those ideas and those convictions? It probably was in those years. Um, I like to look at those years as a search. This is not my own concept for, you know, who do I, who do I want to be? Um, and I think we can all think back to those moments, like your, I like to think it's a quiet search, it's an, I call it a subterranean search. People don't tell you that they're doing this. You know, they don't come out, the girls don't come out and say, you know, who do I want to be, and I'm looking at you, and, but I think we can remember, right, teachers, camp counselors, right, um, even your first job, your first in all of those years, you're looking like, who do I want to be? I want to be like her. I want to be like him. And you're defining that, you know, like in this way and that way. Um, so that's a really big, the exciting part of, of Ocrest really is taking, is engaging with you. I'll get to parents as primary educators, but you're basically, you have an amazing group of women here um, who are engaged in that. They're collaborators, very, very important collaborators during those very formative years. Um, and they love that we all love those years. 
We love those questions, those challenges. I admittedly, so it can, it's difficult at different times, but we have all that it takes, I think, to address those questions. Um, not to guarantee anything by any means, nobody does that, but to really address it <coughs> with the girls, uh, with you, um, et cetera. So the most formative years, I would say, arguably, these are the most formative years of a young woman's life as I said, years that will influence mo most, if not really all the significant choices that she's going to make, and then and thus really shape the person that this young person is going to, young woman is going to be when you come. Um, and that's why people really pay, and they should, and I think probably always have close attention to who are those people in your daughter's life in those years. I mean, you should always be paying attention to that, you know, all through, you know, in, in the formative years. You don't necessarily want to be doing that heavily in college, when she's in college. You're doing it in a different way, let's put it that way. But these years, for sure, um, so that's, so I think that's really the exciting part of our, our mission. Um, and I would also say, like, the decisions that you're making, and we all know that um, the culture, we live in times when the young people are exposed to cultural influences that, in a way that they, really, they haven't been. Um, years ago, just with what we know, right? Media, social media, I mean, it has, I don't really, I'm not gonna, it's a separate topic in a way, right? it is a separate topic, in many topics perhaps. But we all know that young people are influenced um, in a way that they haven't been so directly and so powerfully in previous times. Um, so we, we understand that. You have people here who are very up, that's what we do, very up on what does this mean for the girls? Um, what does this mean for our families? Um, so the decisions um, that we make are, are really influenced by that. I think, I know Oakcrest has always loved um, and appreciated very deeply the role of parents in the family. It was founded by um, parents and educators with a very firm conviction that parents, the, the family is the first, I mean this is the Catholic, this is the Catholic Church, the family is the first cell of society. And there are a thousand amazing ways to say this. Parents, I like to say, you are the first, best, and last teachers of your children. And it is not, family is not, you know, grade six to 12, and then it's, we know that over. It is the, the span. I say this as the daughter of very long-living parents. My dad died five days before his 98th birthday. Um, I mean, he had dementia, but he was quite strong, even in that aspect. I can give you a, a line. I said to him, like, three years before, I leaned over, he was in a wheelchair, and I said, Dad, the Red Sox have, this is 2018, they currently have the best record in all of Major League Baseball. Of course, they, I think they were involved in cheating, I realized later, but anyway, that came out two years later. But anyway, so be it. I, le I was leaning over him, you know, all of Major League Baseball and however many wins. I think it was unbelievable. And he looked up at me and he said, maybe the other teams aren't very good. <laughs> all right, well, um, anyway, and my, my mother also, my mother was 96 uh, and still going. I mean, all I'm saying is that parenting, I think it's a, it's a very serious vocation. It's a call to holiness. I mean, the, 
it is a very, very serious and real thing. So I'm in no way, you know, saying that it's limited to these years, but we are engaged with you at a particularly powerful time. You understand that? But Oakcrest, again, founded by parents, founded by educators who come from this perspective. The school has always appreciated very deeply the significance of your work as parents. Um, very, very key. And the women who work here, coach here, mentor, everybody always count on the role, the very, very important role of parents. Um, so I'll just give you a little bit of my, where I'm coming from, and then I just go briefly over the like the key points of the recipe. I call it the recipe um, behind this, which I hope is useful for you, whether you are here or not, whether you are going to be here or not. It's, it's useful for for every, I think, for everyone to review some of those points in. in but I came to school in 2009 um, as the assistant head of school. I always had great, I had great admiration for Oakcrest. I was, in, I had worked at Montrose, which is a similar mission, very similar mission up in Boston. It was my first job after college, so I knew the kind of people that were behind schools like this, and I deeply, I deeply uh, admired them. I admired um, the fact that they understood their mission very clearly. Um, and so I, I came to Oakcrest, and I also had known many Oakcrest alum over the years, and te former teachers, et cetera. But I really love, I guess, and I obviously still do, the mission of the school is to form women um, to be trustees of humanity, and that's from John Paul II. And that's, for me, that the shorthand is women who are leaders, um, but leaders in a, of a particular kind. I, that's really what a trustee of humanity is. Um, leaders who are person-centered, obviously ethical, uh, life-giving, that put a primary um, focus on the human person in any decision, in any way, wherever they are. And I think we all know a woman's life is very, um, it is not a straight shot, right? And that's such a really fun and interesting aspect of all the mothers in our school, all of our teachers. <coughs> Women are um, engaged in many kinds of professional work, too, over the years, whether it's like primarily as a, as a mother and homemaker for part of her life, maybe going back to her profession, maybe doing both at the same time, um, but always with this idea, I mean, a woman's path is very rich and interesting, but I love that primary vocation of being a trustee of humanity. I always love that about Ocrest that really had that clear. Um, it's anyway, and I also love the fact that there were so many women, faculty and staff, engaged in helping the girls navigate this journey and becoming like forming themselves to be this kind of person. Um, and I, I thought that was just so. I was very happy to, to join the school in 2009, and I just shot finished my tenth year in this role. So I was assistant head of school for three years. Um, and then in 2012, the head of school uh, at that time, who hired me, retired, um, and I took on the, this role. But um, so a couple of things. I mean, the overarching thing of our recipe is that um, Oakcrest really, the mission pulls together so many key elements that really serve girls really well. Um, first is the all-girls environment. Right, and the fact that I love with all-girls summer camps that are taught by our faculty, 
and our and have our students right. So it's really the summer camps. We we wanted them to be very Ocrest, so that the girls would get um, Ocrest, and I'm really happy. But all girls um, is amazing. Single sex education. I mean, there's so much written on the benefits of that. Um, and are just a few of them is that the girls grow in self confidence. Um, there are so many fun anecdotes about, and some of our best triumphs are shy girls that begin to think nothing or speak nothing in class. Risk take. Everybody loves, you know, the great, and it's true. Risk take. Risk taking is very valued. Interestingly enough, in a, in a culture that's quite afraid of taking risks. I mean, I get that. Risk taking is really hard, always, right? I mean, it's very easy to talk about. Let's take risks. Let's fail. Nobody, but then, you know, the very people that talk about that, it's like, may struggle, and we all do. I, I find it very hard to, make, to take a risk. I find it extremely hard to fail, and that's human. I will never, I don't think anybody will find it, like, oh, I love failure, let's fail. <laughs> let's all fail. I mean, it's counterintuitive, right? So that's a, that's a whole talk in itself, but what makes it, what makes it easier? What makes it easier to embrace? Uh, what is that? Um, I think we do that well here, and that's a, a part of the puzzle. Um, which I, I, I mean, it's all one. But the girls, it's it's easier because you're with people who love you, people who know um, that it's hard, who respect that, who can give you reasons why it's worthwhile on a very practical level. Like you will not grow. You will not develop a strong character, and on a supernatural level, on a spiritual level, if you're going to, I mean, you have to understand that sometimes God allows suffering, and He always uh, He brings great good out of suffering. Um, you can just keep going. I mean, there is no Christian life without embracing the cross. You know, you there just isn't. So there are many layers to this, but in a girls' environment, it's a lot. The stakes, I don't know, it's very right supportive. Um, the girls learn to laugh. We're all the same. Their teachers can tell them fun stories about when they failed and what it, how important it was and just hearing a story. The girls get to know themselves, their strengths, areas for growth. They do things that they would never, I don't know that they would do in a co-ed environment in certain very sensitive times and being around boys and wanting to look good around boys and attract boys, would you really fail? I don't, I don't think I would have. But anyway, they, but they do lots of fun things that they might not do in a co-ed environment. I love dressing up in crazy ways for spirit days. One mother I'll never forget, and this girl has helped, has since been, um, helped coach, coach, I won't give you her name, but she came out of the car in sixth grade dressed as a shark. In the large, I mean, it's, very, very large costume. A very, very shy girl. And her mother told, and I, we knew her mother was, I can, I also cannot believe that she's done this. And I've told this girl, I'm like, the shark costume. She's like, I know, I know. Um, but they get up in front of class, and they get up in front of the entire school. They get up in front of 600 people at graduation, our valedictorian, salutatorian, regularly. I don't know about you, but it's not easy to dress a crowd of five, six hundred people. I don't find it easy. Uh, lots of adults don't find it easy. They've been doing it for years. Uh, they get up and do their Shakespeare monologues. 
They, you know, defended argument, start a club. We have 11 students, sophomores, juniors, seniors, going on a six-day backpacking trip. I'm looking at our dean of students here this summer. Very adventurous, very daring. Some, I don't know if any of them have ever done that before. No, haven't done it. Great. Yeah, I'm looking at a mother of one of the one of the backpackers. Um, but anyway, um, the big thing is bouncing back from uh, from tough things. I'll never forget an oppressed dad. I went to the I went when we lost a really important big soccer game at the field school. It was a, it was a um, and it was crushing. And this oppressed dad, Andrew Rudy, some of you know, he was. He was so proud of the girls, but he was just doing all the day. He was like hugging, crying people, you know. And you're like, fine. I mean, that's and it's like it's fine. But you're you're tough, and you're and you're good, and you're you're human, you're real. So the all girls environment is extremely, extremely helpful in forming this this giving the self confidence. Um, our fabulous teachers. They, we have, I think it's between 70 and 80% who have advanced degrees, certificates, they love their, I mean, you name it, they love, in their field. We're hiring people because they love English, history, theology, they love it. They want, they themselves are lifelong learners. Um, very key, but essentially they also know, I'm teaching in an all-girls school, all-girls environment. Um, what does that take? What's the wisdom behind that? And they're learning all the time how to do that well. Our, their, I mean, I could go on and on about faculty development is extremely important to us. Um, people mentoring, people, we have a master teacher is head of every department. There's a lot of learning within each department. Um, so they model that collaborative work, which is very, very good. Um, I'm gonna read you a quote on the teacher part. This is from an, an alum, an Oakcrest alum. Um, who said, at Oakcrest, I was taught how to think. She said, said this in front, she said, radical, I know. <laughs> I didn't even realize it until I arrived to college. The girls here, this is a very demanding school, she said, we're taught how to study, how to memorize mathematical proofs and apply them to complex problems, but not how to think. At Oakcrest, I was taught how to think, and she said, by writing analytical papers, Engaging in class discussions, this is key, by having conversations and friendships with fellow classmates and teachers. That, that's very key, and that you should never take that for granted. Conversations and friendships with classmates and also with teachers. Uh, I was encouraged to challenge other ideas and defend my own. So that's what our teachers, that's the like, portrait of the Oakcrest teacher is loving your material, of course, knowing how to teach girls, how to t teach them how to think, engaging in, yes, a kind of friendship with the girls. Teaching virtue, so these are key elements of our, our admission, is all girls, single sex. Um, teach character. Um, I love this, some author said, the goal of life is not the observance of rules and laws. He's saying it's, it's self-improvement, personal growth, human excellence. This is character development. We could talk about this growing in virtue, um, good habits, habits of mind, habits of heart, habits of study. That's growth in virtue, right? It's, I mean, there's a whole, let me go more into that, but um, down to the last detail. Of course, it's trial and error. 
it's up and down in these years. I told the girls on awards day this year, 10, 10 ways for a good summer, 10 ways to, I think, have a good summer. Um, lots of things there, but one of them is, um, it's clean your, clean your room. I mean, and I got this spontaneous round of applause from parents. <laughs> you know, something. And then I have to like reach back to that struggle of like, wow, we've all seen dorm rooms that are like, I mean, and you could be messy, I get there's a range, but there are things where you're like, hmm, really? Okay, you're just looking at that as like, where do we need to go on the spectrum here with this? What's the conversation? What's the goal? What's the plan? I'm not, I may not win every, I may not win everything. We're not going to hyper-focus, but that's part of mentoring. I'm looking at our director of mentoring over there. Might be like getting down down and dirty, like, okay, so what, what are you working on? What's some what's goal for you? And it, getting to the point where it very well could be, I need to work on cleaning my room, I need to make my bed, I need to, and that's very good. There's a lot of self-control there, not just the virtue, the virtue of order for sure, but self-discipline. You can, you know, whatever. But um, but I think the way we do it is really lovely because you can teach virtue in a lot, a lot of different ways. It can become oppressive. It can become whatever an OCD kind of experience. Whatever it can be, lots of things. We do it in a very cheerful, optimistic way. Um, we're, and I love the idea. We're not. We're not trying to be perfect, we're not trying to prove ourselves. Sometimes the girl, we're trying to be the best version of ourselves, the girls can say that, and that's, that's a good thing. Um, it's optimistic, um, it's positive, it's, we're all trying to be our best, but we're doing it for love and we're doing it for service, and that's really key. Like, I will serve better if, if, I'm, if I have more virtue. Like, I wanna serve better, I want to, and think about an adult, like if I could listen better, I think a lot of things would just might go better. Like my work, my relationships with my colleagues, my relationships at home. Like you just like look at all the like the rough patches in our lives, which we all have rough patches, and think what virtue would if I could grow more in this way, things might be a little bit better. It might be even much better. Um, so it's framing it that way: service, love great author said, learn to put your character in, this, in service of others. We all have characters, we all have characters. <laughs> Some of them are really like, we all have temperaments, we all have rough edges, but like how can the way I am uh, actually serve? So I gotta chip away at things that aren't that great. I gotta build on things that are good, because it's never just a negative thing. You know, maybe I should tell more, maybe I'm funny, maybe I should tell more jokes. Um, and because people need to laugh more. You know, if you're naturally funny, if you're naturally patient. Um, but what are the things you're not naturally good at? So putting it in service. Just a few more things. Um, okay, so virtue, character. We have very big commitment to spiritual growth, spiritual formation, right? We've always had that from day one. We teach theology in every grade. We, the whole environment is about forming people in Christian life. And that's multi-layered, right? So their mind, they're learning about the Catholic faith. Um, they're also we have learning to love God. We have a chapel, we have a chaplain. Um, we, this is very, very important. And the bottom line is every child, everybody here is a child of God. Your deepest identity is that. Um, God loves you immensely, as one of our chaplains used to say. 
over and over again. Each person here is a unique, unrepeatable child of God. Um, we each have a vocation in life to fulfill. I love, it's so exciting. To, I used to be like, what is that? Like, God made me for a purpose. I'd really like to know, what, I mean, I sort of figured that out. I'd really like to know what that is because we are, I have to frame it as the world is uh, poorer if you don't feel what God wants. I mean, God can like figure it out and make it up, but let's not make his job harder. Um, I'd like to, so this idea of a vocational sense of life um, is very, very key. The girls, I think, love that, even as, you know, you have to figure that out. We have daily mass, um, which is lovely. And our, our position is that learning about, I would just say, a lot, you know, faith or no faith, we've always been open to students of all faiths or no faith. Um, and a family, but the girls are engaged. They've learned, and I would say so many people say they have learned uh, here in their theology classes and engaging in discussions with friends who, teachers, they've learned things that have absolutely helped them throughout their lives. Um, I love that you know, so they're to discuss deep and important issues, life issues, to listen, to reason morally and ethically, um, hopefully to, de to develop a profound respect for, the, for, for God and for the role of faith in one's life um, and to serve others, of course. So all of that is wrapped up um, in our vision. And we've been, um, from the very beginning, the school has had a, really, a formal relationship with Opus Dei, which is a personal culture of the Catholic Church. And I always like to say, Opus Dei is here, like in the very, it's in the, it's in the atmosphere, it's in like the bones of the school. Um, we have a, a chaplain who's a priest of Opus Dei, but the way we look at life and the way we frame things is um, as a child, and this is very much Opus Dei, we're a child of God, love for freedom and responsibility, um, a, a cheerfulness because no matter what, um, we are all children of God and God is our loving Father. So do the girls know that? Like we don't say like, this is Opus Dei, you know, I'm, you know, whatever, but they hopefully see it in their lives of the members of Opus Dei who are here, the friends of Opus Dei, not everybody by any means is a member of Opus Dei here, but I think to work here, you have to you have to respect and love that mission in a real way, in a serious way, so all of our, the people here embrace that um, and live it, you know, in their own way, with their own style, but at a base commitment to, yeah, this is the kind of educational environment I want to be in, and what I want to communicate to the girls. And then the last and the most important is parents, the primary educators. We see ourselves here in the school as just collab we're collaborators. We bring all of the best we have um, to the table, but we're really helping you, championing you, and, and you know, praying for you tremendously, um, of respecting your role. I remember early on, this parent, a mom came into the lobby in the old school. And she said, you know, I've only, and we were just, was there in admissions, and she said, I've only been here a little while, but I feel so respected as a parent. And I just remember being like, why wouldn't you? Like, for me, it was like, I mean, that's completely basic. Um, we want to hear your ideas. We want to, we've learned tremendously from our families. It's not a one-way street. You know, like, oh, we're here telling you what to do. We have learned from the, pe the parents who were in the building I'm looking again at some here who have shared their own trials and tribulations as parents in working with the girls. I mean, not telling the girls, but like sharing a wealth of experience. 
Um, so it's very, it is very much a, a collaboration, a two-way street. But we each have to fulfill our responsibilities. We have different responsibilities at certain moments. And learning what that is is part of the collaboration. It's not a straightforward way, like, you do this, we do this. But um, it's a work in progress. But again, teachers, coaches, mentors, they're bringing years of experience or, or their own, whatever, to, to, the, to the table. Um, it's characterized this relationship by mutual respect and trust. Very, very important. Um, and I'm going to leave you with one. So that's all of this great recipe. One of my favorite lines from one of our mothers years ago, and I often use it. She said, um, her daughter was a junior. And we were just in, we were in a meeting. Very shy, wonderful girl. Um, lovely. Grew so much here. The parents were great. And the mother said, I'm going to say something. She, she said, I hope there are people here understand this. It was a small group. She said, I love my daughter, and like, you know, I will always love my daughter, but because of Ocrest, I also like her. <laughs> and she said, do you know what I mean? And we were all like, yes. And it's safe. We're in this room together. You know, and it was a small, and, and I just love that. I think that encompasses a lot of what I'm talking about. The growth in virtue, the mentoring, the teachers. You know, we, in these years, the formation, the gentle but strong at different times, formation that goes on, like chipping away at some of those things, strengthening others. So the mission is all girls, right? I didn't even touch on, I can't believe it, personal mentoring program, which puts all of this on the personal level. It's not theoretical, beautifully. Personal mentoring, uh, we have an all-female faculty that is beautiful faculty. Uh, Virtue-based character education the loving and practical instruction and the faith and what it means to be a child of God and parent collaboration. Um, so all of this within, just to circle back, the most formative years. Like, what a treasure, really, to get this. Um, and, you know, it's a privilege. My last thing, i just give you an example. It's so Ocrest. I'm wearing this Prayers from Michael band, not only because it matches my dress. I have to say, I just got it yesterday. But, um, no, not really, but it's an alum. Um, whose son, she's a very active and lovely alum, a number of daughters went here, a number of her sisters, and her son Michael, who I think is about seven, was just diagnosed with cancer. Pretty serious level, so um, so that's a typical Ocrest moment. Everybody, you know, we're all in. Um, so I just got this band, Prayers from Michael, and um, that's just a, another aspect of the community that is really such a privilege to be part of.